0: Baby Knowledge Podcast Network. On episode 79 of the Insure Tech Geek Podcast, talking about individually rated insurance and claims with technology with Yuval Man from Digital Owl. The Insure Tech Geek Podcast powered by JB Knowledge is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives into specific tech we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. And I am here with my good friend, Rob Galbraith on Mardi Gras Friday. As you can't tell, I am not in my studio. In uh, College Station, Texas, because I am here. There's the Superdome right there. Uh, there's Benson Tower. This is this is New Orleans. I am here from Mardi Gras. I am from South Louisiana, so I do come home to the mothership. Uh, try to try to come home every year. Go have some fun. Go hang out with my cousins, my aunts, uncles, and all my friends. It's a really a, a family reunion time for me uh, down here in New Orleans. Went to the Muses Parade last night, and then to uh, listen to some great Zydeco and. Uh, uh, local music all evening, and then I'm, I'm going to get to go see Diana Ross and Maroon Five on Saturday uh, at a at a at a at a really really great concert and uh, ball called Endymion. It, it's just a neat uh, neat neat atmosphere, neat environment. So uh, so les bon temps ne jouons avallons, mon ami. And I am I am so excited to see all of you, Rob, of course, in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. What's going on, Rob?
1: Not so beautiful this week, James. Uh, I don't know what the (laughs) weather's like in uh, New Orleans, but... uh, So we had beautiful weather Monday and Tuesday. I got out, did uh a... amazing uh afternoon hike had not done that for several months and then w- old man winter came back and so we've been above we the freezing <laughs> line the rest of the week so uh compared to other folks i've talked to throughout the country this week I, I definitely do not want to complain but uh yeah winter is still here the blue bonnets are not quite out so uh we're almost there not quite spring's just around the corner
0: yeah, it's his last throes of winter. But uh, I tell you what, here in New Orleans today, it is uh, it is about 53. It'll be a high of 73. It's a lot warmer. So we're we're enjoying some warm weather for the parades and have, having a great time. Joining us from Tel Aviv, Israel, Yuval Man, Yuval, what's going on,
2: buddy? Hi, thank you for having me. It's also winter here, but I think what we call winter, you call like midsummer. <laughs> it's last on the, like we have rain if you can call it rain but it lasts 30 minutes and then we we have summer all over again. Yeah. It's a different ball
0: game over there when you're on the the coast of the Mediterranean and uh you're at the latitude that you're at it's uh it's a good bit warmer and I uh, can't yeah. uh can't complain about that man not at all.
2: Yeah. And it's like 7 p.m. It's 7 p.m. here. So thank you. Now I have a, a great excuse why I'm not at home helping my wife with the kids, you know, dinner and everything. So thank you for, for helping that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're we're glad to have you on the show. We're glad to talk about uh, insurance technology and geeky stuff. Before we get started, just remember that you can subscribe if you're watching this on LinkedIn or on Twitter or on Facebook or on Vimeo. Uh, you can text. To, you can subscribe to the audio podcast by texting "geek out" G E E K O U T geek out to six six eight six six, and make sure you never miss an episode. So, Yuval, let's let's just jump right in into the deep end here. You're co-founder and CEO of Digital Owl. You live in Tel Aviv, Israel. You got a, a bachelor in, in law, uh, and you uh, you studied uh, economics. You had an interesting background. Before you got into digital owl, and, and I'm going to let you explain that. So help me understand. Uh, I'm assuming you grew up in Israel. So, so you know, what do you want to do when you grew up, and, and what do you study to do?
2: Well, wow. So it sounds like I'm smart when you you know when you mention everything. So don't hate me, but I used to be a lawyer. I used to be a personal injury lawyer. I used to sue insurance company. Yeah, I know. I see your face. Thank you. But like in Israel, it's a big deal. It's like the the Jewish mom's biggest dream is the son need to be a lawyer you know there is a fantastic joke this this guy became the president and people came to his mother told them, congratulations and she told them you need to meet his brother he's a lawyer so like this is <laughs> this is how we think about life here anyway i spent hours actually like hours upon hours, reading medical records when I uh, try to to evaluate claims or submit claims, uh, mainly bodily injury claims. And it wasn't that fun, right, if you ask me. And on a Friday dinner, uh, I, I, you know, with my family, my brother, he's like the smartest person on earth. He's a machine learning expert. We talked about, you know, hey, how was your week and everything? And I told him, you know what, I do at work. And he said, machine can do it. And I told him, "Ah, what are you talking about? I spent five years, you know, learning how to read medical record and how to make some uh, legal uh, strategics. And he said, no, no, computer can do it. And the next week I sat at my desk reading medical records. And I thought to myself, you know what, machine can do it. (laughs) So I pick up the phone. I mean, part of the work, you know, I'm I'm kidding. You know, there is a lot of work for for lawyers, but most of 80% of the work is repetitive, time-consuming, and reading medical records uh, in order to understand the case, right? So I pick up the phone and I called my brother and told him, Hey, do you want to go, you know, into an adventure? Do you want to start a company? And he said, "Yeah, why not?" And here we are. We started Digital Owl because we wanted to to build a platform to automate personal injury lawyers' work. But pretty quick we we learned that the insurance industry review medical records way more than personal injury lawyer because there is a way there is a lot of more uh, line of business that need to review medical records in underwriting and in claim adjustment. So we pivoted uh, to work with the insurance industry, and you know, if you asked me like five years ago, or if you told me five years ago that I'm gonna work with the insurance industry, I will tell you now. Well, you know, me, but yeah, here we are, uh, having a blast with the ins- with the industry, working with you know with awesome carriers in Israel, in, in the U.S., in Canada, in the U.K., very exciting time for us. Absolutely. So I found the light, and now I'm working with the industry.
0: Now, what were your jobs before this, though? Like, you, you was it all law? It wasn't all law. Yeah. You're leaving something. You're leaving out something yeah, yeah, that bothers me when people leave out gaps in their resumes. So
2: what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for pointing it again. So you can see this handsome face. That I tried to be an actor, and the gap from being an actor and being a lawyer is not that big, by the way. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I know, I know, I know. At least in movies. No, but but I studied. I I have a bachelor in arts, and I tried my luck for a few years. Did some awesome things, especially mainly uh, behind the camera. But you know. I grew up, and I thought, all right, you need to do grown-up people work. And actually, I'm having fun now more than my previous work as an actor. So, but I can send you a picture, and and, and you know, I can sign it if you want. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, just write the put I, the mes- put the message in
0: Hebrew because it'll be even even cooler for me. I, I I like that exactly. So let's let's um help me understand exactly what this digital owl do and how does it make money.
2: So you and your audience probably way more smarter than me when it's come to insurance. I don't need to explain too much. But for a life underwriter, for example, or a disability claim adjuster, the only way to make decision is understanding the medical situation. Right? The only way you can understand, you can say what is the risk of this specific person to die before a certain age or how severe is the injury in this claim, is by reading the medical records. And medical records can be a nightmare. You have hundreds, sometimes thousands of pages, can document, a different layout, different format, different form. A lot of the information is irrelevant. Like many times, you know, many documents are about people going because they had, I don't know, running nose or something. And you spend your time reading irrelevant information. And when you think about their work, it's it's almost like lawyers. 80%, 20%. Eighty percent of their time they read medical read, or repetitive, time consuming, boring work. And twenty percent of their time they're actually doing some strategic work and, and some claim adjustment and underwriting. So we had the idea to enhance the work, to take the 80% and to fully automate it. But the problem is that it's not that simple. The medical information is complex and it's not just understanding, you know, this is a condition and this is a procedure and this is the name of the patient. There are actually more than 44,000 medical data points in the average record. And, and, And think about even if you only... Let's narrow on the conditions world. You have negated condition, family family condition, history condition, improving condition, worsening condition. It's all about understanding all this information. So we developed an NLP engine from scratch. And this is kind of a, a unique thing. We didn't try to manipulate uh, Amazon's or, or, or Facebook's NLP engines. We developed it from scratch for the insurance industry. And we have the ability to extract all medical information out of any medical record, not just digital EMR, EHR, APSs, scan document, hospital, physician's document, whatever. And once you extract it, all the information, you can start and enhance it, right? So we extract the medical information, but we also apply the right medical field and the right body part. So the end user, the underwriter, the claim adjuster can filter the information by medical field or by body part. So if I only want to read about a specific person's cardiovascular issue, I can click a button and read only the relevant information and not spending my time on, on irrelevant tasks, right? But we also add severity. So if I'm an under, a, life underwriting, um, if I'm a life underwriter, I want to see on the first page, hey, what are the risk factors here? What are the severe medical information that I need to actually think about or consider while I'm working on this policy? Uh, so this is where we started. We developed an engine that saves time and enhance the underwriters and the claim adjuster work.
0: Yeah, and and you're really doing an assisted review. Like I, we, I've reviewed this type of uh, technology in uh, in construction law. There's some pretty neat uh, uh, startups there that that do assisted review, right? They they uh, help you identify where you should focus and eliminate the noise. And here's the here's the claw. Here's the here's the part of the medical record you should look at. That's 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 so powerful in saving human time. Rob, I know I know you've got a got a question on this.
1: Yeah, Yvonne, it's great to have you on and, and great to have you uh, share a bit about what you're doing at, at Digital Owl. So you know, based on your website, one of the things that um, you talk about as a case study is that Digital Owl is going to find three times as many meaningful findings in a medical record when compared with a doctor's manual review. So I'm just kind of curious, maybe just to tease this out a little bit, I think you know the, the concept, At high level we get, but maybe just talk about that process of, you know, what is a claims adjuster doing today? What is an underwriter doing today in terms of their normal workflow as you've done discovery work? And then how would they use your tool? I know you provide some, some summaries as you alluded to and others. So maybe just kind of give us what does today look like? And then what would that workflow look like using digital owl?
2: Yeah, great question. So I'll start from the last question. We can deliver the information in three ways. We can generate a summary, a PDF, a clickable, um, interactive PDF that claim adjuster and underwriter can read and and dive into when they want when they want to make decision rather than read 300 pages of medical record. The second way is we have the ability to export all the data point in HL7 Fire format. And this is kind of machine-to-machine process, right? If you want to automatically populate rule engine, like reinsurers, rule engines, or manual for underwriting. And this is an all-new level of automatic underwriting. And the third version, the third way we, we can... Um, we, have, we can output our information is a very sophisticated UI, a web app where you can navigate, you control the time frame and everything, and read all the information you want. So, if you need the information in a specific way, we have the way to deliver it. Regarding the accuracy, so what leads us is this rule of thumb that the more you know, the less is the risk. And we did many battles between expert and trained claim adjuster or physician versus our machine in extracting the medical information out of the medical records. We always win, but it always it, it's not fair. People can't handle or can't sit all day long and read medical records. It's boring. Uh, you lose your focus. You lose your attention. It's It's impossible. It's an impossible task. The machine, on the other hand, doesn't get tired, doesn't get bored, and she will read, the machine will read each word in the document, right? And this is how we surface way more information. So I can give you two, two actually interesting examples. One example was a disability claim, a lady that fell down the stairs, had hurt her back. Uh, she had something called kyphosis. I have no idea. It's a medical thing, right? I'm, a, I'm just a lawyer. But the physician, the claim adjuster, actually who reviewed the file said, "Yes, there is a kyphosis. We need to pay and whatever." But when this carrier ran the case using digital owl in two seconds, he realized that kyphosis was already diagnosed before the policy actually started. So it was really, you know, and it's pay or not pay. It's all or it's all or nothing, right? And and it's really the, it's, it was impossible for this claim adjuster to find that one appearance of Kipozis in the document because he has like 50 more cases he need to review the same day. Uh, same thing was with the Mad Mel case. A one line out of 10,000 pages was the reason why the claim need to be rejected. And 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 it's important to say, you know, the insurance industry is not all about rejecting claim. This is, it's not what we do. Actually, many times, They settle, they pay a claim fast just because they have all the right information in their hand, right? But many times people will hide some information, and uh, I don't want to say fraud, sometimes it's less than that, but we help to find those situations. So the machine beats men or women in extracting medical information in accuracy and in speed. I think
1: I answered everything, right? Did I miss anything? No, I think that, that that's uh, perfect and, and very helpful. And, and I like the way that you talked about kind of the interoperability. Do you integrate with any claim systems? It sounds like you can work independently, either through kind of a SaaS platform, mobile app, but you talked about the machine to machine. So do you work with, say, GuideWire or other uh, claims? software as well, or have you, because have you, I know that those are platforms that a lot of claims adjusters, there's underlying workbenches out there that they're accustomed to today.
2: Yeah. So we are aiming to do it, to integrate with clients as simple as we can. So a client can use our portal as simple as drag and drop a file and you'll get in an hour or in two hours, you'll get the summary back. You can They can use our API and automatically automatically Send all the medical records uh into our system for analyzing, and then automatically receive back the summaries. Uh, we do have an API for a machine-to-machine, so it's getting the medical record, ext- extract the medical information, and inject them into the into the client's rule engine um uh, app they use. Uh, so we have a lot of lot of ways. We also partnering with medical record retrieval companies, so we have clients that you know their main job is to fetch medical record and deliver to carriers so you you can actually get today from from a few carriers the medical record with the summary already so it's quite simple and it's SAS and it's by the page and once you use it once you can't you can go back and read medical records like you used to do <laughs> yeah I I can imagine that being the
0: case, man. I mean, it's a once you have a tool that revolutionizes
2: uh, an extremely
0: tedious manual process, you don't ever want to not use that tool again. I mean, once I used an impact driver uh, instead of having to use a screwdriver to, to, to put a to, to put a screw in, I never wanted to use a screwdriver unless I absolutely had to. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it is. It, it is what it is, and these these are modern power tools, right? It, it's just. Well, I I I like to geek out on tech. So, I mean, let's just help me understand how this works. Like, what were the biggest challenges in training your machine le- learning model to actually analyze these documents? I mean, how how did you go about? That's a monumental task. Um, how how did you go about training the and, and building your own machine learning model on on looking at medical records with an insurance perspective?
2: So, the first thing you want to do is to get a very very smart co founder, right? Then you're in a good place. (laughs) Once you have that, you can start doing the work. So the process is annotating or what we call tagging a lot, when I say a lot, I mean I talk about millions, of real medical records to train the engine to understand what are the specific entities. For example, is it uh, the specific date in the document? Is it the admission date, the release date, the signing date, the visit date? What is it? Or the specific condition here? Is it the patient condition or the family history condition, for example? So once you annotate and tag all of the document, we actually train the engine to understand the relationship between the different entities and the meaning of the entities in in the page. I don't know how many medical records have you seen, but there are a lot of different layout and writing styles and format of medical records. And they're all different. And you need to have an engine that can rule them all. So the idea is to tag as many as medical record you can from different, uh, from different uh, provider. And then you want to even go beyond the classical NLP. You want the engine to understand the specific section, right? What's the narrative? So that specific condition, is it the reason for visit? Is it part of the assessment? Is it the plan? Is it something else? Is it part of the history of the of the present illness? So the amount of entities and section we tag is enormous. And we train our taggers more than six months. They're like mini claim adjuster, just to understand the, the, the different entities that the, the engine needs to get in order to 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 output everything out. And then you encounter a new a new challenge. So it's Relatively easy to extract movement limitation, right? But there are plenty of ways that physician can actually um, write or 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 say movement limitation, movement limitation, limitation of the movement. Can't move his knee. And having trouble uh, with the flexibility, for example. And things are getting even worse. Like think about the sentence. The uh, sentence: The patient had trouble sitting down. His wife helped him enter the room or please avoid heavy lifting. We had to develop a capability to understand or to turn those free texts into structured data to understand that please avoid heavy lifting is a uh, is limitation of work, or to understand that you know the patient in trouble sitting down is actually movement limitation or some maybe ADL information. So there was a lot of blood and sweat and money invested in this process. And it took almost three years to reach the you know, the point where we are extracting all the information in an accuracy of more than 95%, which is it's, it's sometimes it's hard for people to grasp. But when you take a person, a human, to extract the medical information, he reached an accuracy of about 75% because lack of time and everything. So reaching I fatigue, Peti- well, f- f- fatigue and exactly, and exactly. Everything. I mean, there's there's a lot of criteria there, yeah. So ninety five percent is is a great success, and you know you like geeky stuff, right? So let's talk about the future. So now you have this massive database, right? And I'm, when I say massive, I mean it. Like when when we take uh, a medical record, I can tell you how many times this person actually went to the to the doctor how many time he complained about pain how many time he refused the treatment what are the relationship between different condition along the years how is bmi and blood pressure and medication that he used to take has worked along the medical record and can take the medical record can be 10 years you know back so you have this enormous enormous database and now you start thinking, can I leverage this database to build prediction engine? Can I look into the future by having this enormous information from the past? And the two probably most interesting use case I can think about is, I think about disability claims, right? And, and let's be very narrow. People who hurt their back, why a specific injury is six months of disability, and another one or a different injury is 3 years of disability can you can you look back and transform or, or to transform unstructured data into structured data from 10,000s of disability claims that you already settled and develop a, stati- a statistical engine that will predict when the next claim will arrive how long is the disability period for this claim right how it will affect compensation how it will affect reserve Same with life underwriting. Can you build, once you have this enormous database, new underwriting engines, new underwriting models, right, to predict mortality better? based on the specific medical characteristic of a person, based on his medical record, rather than putting people in groups of certain age and certain condition. This is the interesting part. So if today digital owl is heavily affecting and improving cost, we want to affect risk selection and loss ratio and changing the way the insurance industry is managing risk. Awesome. Rob?
1: So, Yvonne, I mean, this is terrific. I can tell you that I have some limited experience and I know how, ch- how challenging this problem is. You know, just thinking about um, trying to uh, focus on a term like surgery, right? Is that, say, surgery is not needed. Um, surgery may be called for, physical therapy proves you know ineffective, or, you know, surgery is needed immediately so it's not just picking up on the term surgery but that that context right a handwritten notes a variety of documents that you said I, I know challenges even just reading standard accord forms you know and, and things like that so um i don't want our our listeners and and viewers to Uh, it's hard to give them a full appreciation for how challenging this problem is. And so I think you've done a good job, particularly with the tagging. And and there's certainly a competitive advantage once you've gone through all that hard work, once you've done that training and you've seen millions of records, right, your model is going to be better than anything that they could do from a homegrown solution or or, many other uh, solutions that are out there. One thing I want to ask you about is some other elements, not just the technical challenge and how you deliver value, but uh, compliance with HIPAA. I know you've been been certified for compliance with that, you know, privacy, GDPR, the sensitivity of health records, cybersecurity, things like that. So there's a lot of other uh, factors that weigh into managing this type of solution. So I was hoping you can maybe share with the audience a little bit about um, how you're able to to meet some of those requirements and maybe assure them if they have any uh, questions around data privacy security.
2: Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's a great point. So we are HIPAA compliant and we are SOC 2 type 2 certificated. And it's fun. It's always fun going through the data security process and questionnaires. But, but putting, you know, laugh, laughing aside, it is crucially important for carriers, reinsurers, TPAs, and also for companies like us, like Digital Owl, to put a lot of effort and a lot of resource for data security. The last thing you want is a piece of paper, you know, leak outside and someone can read it. So we have implemented all the needed tools and all the needed procedures, and we actually even implemented some uh, procedure and tools that are uh, above the necessary in order to comply with the SOC two and the and the HIPAA and to make everyone assure that uh, no no information can leak out. But a lot of effort and money were put there in order to reach this point.
1: Yeah. And just to echo your point, I, I know a lot of startups uh, have not gone through that full process and and you know they may be intent on getting the stock too. So fun is not the word that I would use to describe going through that process, but... <laughs> The fact that you've already gone through those links, I know that definitely gives you a leg up on many other companies that are kind of looking in this space, but um,
2: have not achieved. Thank you for acknowledging it. Not a lot of people know and understand how long is this journey to get those certifications. Thank you.
0: Well, once you have, and as Rob said, once you have the, uh, the trained data set and you've spent and invested the years in training your model, tagging all these files, because that's you you can try and purchase tagged pre-tagged data sets. And you know how that is. So we'll try to accelerate this process, but they it, it's not tagged the way you're building uh, intelligence around this process. Let's just wrap up with talking about what the end outcome is. Like who buys this and what's the end outcome for them? Now you, you talked about individually rated insurance. I mean, that's that's pretty heavy because insurance from the beginning of time has been about group rating because there, we didn't have enough ability to actually, to actually individually rate every single item or every single risk, or every single insured. You go back to the ancient Babylonian bottomry contracts, um, which was the, you know, the origin of all insurance. And then the modern insurance origin and in the, in the Lloyds of London coffee house. Um, you know, from the beginning of insurance time, it's been about group rating. You, you, you lump risk into groups and then you assign a rating to that group. This is a, a fundamental change, which sounds to me like it would take a lot of work to get people off of center to change their entire rating models.
2: Yeah, so the industry always tried to balance efficiency and economics with getting the best risk selection or being most precise, right? And since it was, it's impossible to have Hundreds or tens of thousands of people reviewing the entire medical record, spending hours, you know, taking a break because they need to relax and going back and read all the information and extract all the information and validate that they extract all the right information. It was impossible economically and, and actually, you know, practically to do it. The industry tried to find ways how they can be more efficient. So they start writing uh, by group or they start using questionnaires, or they start looking for, let's see if we can only underwrite people based on their Rx rather than the entire medical record. But if you will ask the underwriter or the actuary, and you will ask him, hey, what's the best way? If you have no issues, right? And no, no problem doing whatever you want. What's the best way for reselection? He will tell you, I want to read the medical record. I want to know everything. And the cool part is, suddenly now it's possible suddenly you can do it in a second the machine can read hundreds and thousands of pages in a second and suddenly it's very accurate and it's not just extracting the information we're also applying we're enhancing the data point right what you need to see what what's important what less important we're enhancing the information and rating on a personal level can be achieved today and it will reduce premium it will make uh, the economic units better it will make underwriting process faster and it may take time to do it i totally agree but now suddenly this path is clearer and suddenly it's you know in our reach to do it and i hope that you know you guys will have me in two years from now again on this cool podcast and we can talk about hey you see it already started. Carriers are now doing automatic underwriting on the full medical record. You've got to wonder if the same thing is going to
0: happen that has happened in, in academia with their use of machine learning. Uh, if you have not been following testing at the university level now and the way they do it with online tests, they they use the camera and machine learning to identify the probability of an individual student is cheating and it's had a lot of false positives, and it's led to a lot of a, a lot of challenges in the academic environment by the use of machine learning analyzing every move of a person's eye. And it turns out that sometimes people just look away from their screen and aren't reading, aren't reading a cheat sheet. I worry sometimes if we move to full individual underwriting that people will be erroneously flagged and, and then not insured. And, but but you know that's I think it's probably an inevitable part of the process. We're going to learn through mistakes, and we're going to have to correct the process. But it's such a more, more accurate uh, accurate way of, of assessing risk. Um, Rob, uh, bring us home with our, our final question.
1: Yeah, You've also uh, congratulated your success to date. And I know that about a month ago, you announced your Series A round, uh, very healthy, of $20 million. And you've had uh, some key hires. Uh, I assume part of the funding is is going to that, so maybe just talk a little bit about kind of where you are. It looks like you're building out your team. I also know that you are going to be in the states at uh, several events. We'll be at a, a couple together. Um, I know like insuretech insights in New York City, a little bit before that, insuretech Hartford symposium, and of, of course uh, insuretech Connect later this year. So yeah, just kind of share what does 2022 look like for you guys as you build out.
2: Wow, so 2022 gonna be exciting time. So first of all, I'm relocating to the US. I'm gonna move to New York. Uh, around July, so I don't know if New York wants me, but I'll be there. We are hiring hiring like crazy. We're enhancing the team on the dev side, also on sales and marketing side, and we're building a very, very impressive team that can take us to the next step. Uh, We are also allocating a lot of resources and time on the prediction engine development that we're doing now uh, with design partners, with massive design partners uh, that can get, grant us access to data and, and educate us more about what they want to predict, and I we don't have a minute to sit down and even think about anything. We're just moving forward and forward and forward. And this is this is one of the best things in startup. We are agile. We work fast. We move fast. We adapt fast. We can develop fast. So it's and now when we have you know this fund in the bank and we have insight partners backing us with, with their center of excellence. A lot of, you know, knowledge is there. Uh, We feel stronger than ever. And, and, and it's exciting time. Very exciting.
0: Awesome. Well, welcome to, welcome to America. We're excited to have you. When you when you decide you really want to come to the coolest place in America, though, Texas will be ready to, uh, to 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 greet you. And remember, Elon Musk lives in Texas; he uh, doesn't live in New York. So if you, if, if if you want to come hang out with all the cool kids, come on down to town of Texas. We'd love to hang out. With you. great Awesome. And uh, Rob, look, uh, great uh, great questions, great discussion. Um, I know you've got some news. I've got some news. Let's go with your news articles first today, and then I'll I'll wrap up.
1: Yeah, perfect. So a um, couple items for this week. Um, one is actually kind of an analysis done uh, that was shared on LinkedIn from uh, Kanon Hertz, who's somebody that uh, I overlapped with for a time uh, way back in the day at USA and has uh, done a lot of uh, advising uh, in the insure tech industry and somebody that I follow. So um, he shares a post from insure tech advisors talking about uh, InsurTech 2.0, does it equal insurance 101? And talked about the struggles of Lemonade and, and Root. Um, Lemonade, well, they, they both came out with their t- 2021 full year reports to investors. And uh, the numbers don't look so hot. The profit is missing. I guess the, the where's the beef is kind of the, uh, for those of us of a certain age, is really the tagline here. And so he, he does a good job really breaking down, I think, why are these stocks struggling? Both of them together combined are about 95% below their all-time high. Uh, And if the outlook is going to improve at all, and it really comes down to as these companies grow, they're losing more money. Uh, I know that some people talk about, hey, you know, you figure out the business model, you grow first, and then you can figure out the mix of pricing and underwriting and achieve profitability later. And we're just not seeing that uh, with these two companies. So a lot of discussion about those online this week, a lot of uh, other analysis that are out there, but I thought that one was uh, particularly cogent. And then the other one is really just an update on a previous guest that we had. We had Jan Barbero from Autonomy on earlier, and uh, they announced uh, a couple of weeks ago that they are introducing the first ever smart contract powered air freight insurance index, Um, So they talked about the Suez Canal blockage, some of the delays at the L.A. and Long Beach ports, and um, saying that there's basically um, a lot of kind of opaqueness in terms of supply chains, air freight, cargo. And so they are trying to create a bridge between insurance capital capacity and crypto capital markets to basically be able to to trade on this index as a smart contract. So I'm not going to pretend that I fully understand it all, but uh, it's very exciting.
0: Oh, <laughs> sounds like another form of legal gambling. <laughs> you know, anytime you can bet on something you don't own, that's when it—that's when it gets to be really interesting, right? I always, uh, I always wonder. I, I, I almost feel like we need to define what gambling is versus everything else. Gambling is when you bet on something you don't own. Everything else is an insurance product or a loan. I don't, I don't know could be very interesting there,
1: Rob. Yeah. I mean, I just, you, you know, just seeing some of the creativity, some of the novelness. Um, I know there's been criticism of the past of, hey, some of those startups are really not doing anything different than traditional incumbents. There's maybe better marketing, better digital platform, but fundamentally they're not different. I don't think you can make that argument here with autonomy. And so there's, there's many other, we're really starting to see, I'd use that word disruption, but it's starting to come.
0: No, no, it's, it's different. Yeah, it is. Well, in in my news, this is more insurance news. I got this from FinTech Global. Foxo Technologies, a technology company applying in the epigenetic science and AI to modernize the life insurance industry, has entered into a definitive merger agreement with a SPAC, a special purpose acquisition company, Delwyns Insurance Acquisition Corp. The uh, combined company has an estimated enterprise value of thirty-six million dollars. They're going to be publicly listed and trade on New York Stock Exchange under the symbol. FOXO, F-O-X-O. Uh, they're going to accelerate development of FOXO's platform to offer saliva-based epigenetic biomarker underwriting technology and consumer engagement services for global life insurance industry. Of course, this is, uh, you know, a, a, let's just say it, a, a moderately controversial topic of genetic sequencing for life insurance. <laughs> you know, you, sometimes you got to feel like you're in, in that movie, Gattaca. Where at some point your your genetics is going to preclude you from participating in anything in society. I don't know if you remember that movie, but uh, it it had a huge impact on me when I got when I thought about what it implied.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I love that movie.
2: You've all have you you ever you ever seen Gattaca? No, I'm afraid not. Yeah, I only saw Lord of the Rings. This is it for me. Oh man, yeah. So Rob,
0: you you saw it, and uh, I tell you what, you know, when when you start talking about genetic sequencing, it's a big deal.
1: It reminds me, actually, um, I. had the opportunity to speak with uh, a class on the business of health insurance. Uh, A friend of mine, his name is Rob Collin, uh, teaches uh, at Baldwin-Wallace, which is in the, the Cleveland area, and was talking to the students about The use of wearables and basically they had a project to kind of say is using wearables good or bad for health insurers and consumers and so we were talking about the trade-offs between possibly earning your rate down right if you have some healthy behaviors getting your steps in that kind of stuff versus the privacy concerns similar to what we've been talking about with you So, um you know this certainly on the genetic side goes way beyond kind of the use of wearables and but we talked about group rates versus individual rates. And if you're a high risk individual rate or you're paying a higher rate, you don't have that subsidized premium that maybe you would be willing to do some of these things to help, you know, get your rate down. Um, so it, I know it can be kind of creepy, but yeah. um, I definitely feel like there could be a, a market for these types of products out there.
0: Absolutely. So let's let's move on. CalBell. This is also from FinTech Global. Cowbell is an AI-powered cyber insurance provider for small to medium enterprises. They partnered with Trend Micro to improve access to cyber insurance. Of course, Trend, Trend Micro is a antivirus and, and, and a lot more than that. Trend Micro, uh, but they're mainly known for their antivirus. Cowbell Cyber raised $20 million in their Series A last year. They partner with password manager NordPass. Then they're just saying that, um, you know, these managed service providers like Trend Micro are a gateway to a lot of SMEs. They're working on distribution, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, the partnership say that, that it will enhance the ability for the uh, to enable closed loop risk management for policyholders. The two companies will be able to provide their mutual customers with uh, actionable insights and, and uh, exchange data. So a good good example of insurance and tech coming together uh, in a practical way uh, on cyber. And the last uh, article is uh, Nirvana, how Nirvana is bringing commercial insurance into the modern world. Uh, Nirvana Insurance is a tech-driven platform that modernizes commercial fleet insurance. They have publicly launched its services on the back of their recent $22 million Series A, which is led by Lightspeed. Uh, Nirvana said they're going to use that funding to scale operations and grow team, invest in R&D. They use telematics data to really uh, um, revolutionize uh, truck insurance uh, to help fleets mitigate risk. Uh, They said they, uh, you know... Considering the supply chain crunch that uh, their service is more relevant than ever, this is that 90% of the fleets worldwide have fewer than 50 trucks uh, nationwide, I mean, and that these business operates on razor thin margins and could use access to this. Uh, Of course, they're connecting all the telematics data with their insurance platform uh, to try and make better underwriting decisions. Again, going back to like the theme of the show to individually evaluate risk. Uh, on on the actual truck that's being insured, not just on the entire fleet, uh, and to do it at scale. So uh, interesting news, as always, Rob, thanks for bringing your news. Uh, You've all, thank you for joining us on your day off in the evening uh, from beautiful Tel Aviv, Israel. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention today that the Ukraine is under a full-scale invasion. Uh, we have a lot of European listeners that listen to this show. If you're in the Ukraine, we are thinking about you saying prayers for you that this will resolve uh, peacefully for the rest of Europe uh, because there's obviously a lot of other implications around Europe if this is going to become a de facto and we're going to enter a, a land war phase in, in Europe again for the first time in 80 years that there's been a land war in Europe. So we are we are hopeful that this will resolve peacefully. We're thinking about all of our friends in the Ukraine and across the rest of Eastern Europe and we are praying for peace. So I uh, just uh, wanted to mention that. Uh, as always, thank you out there in listener land for listening to the insure tech geek podcast powered by jb JV knowledge jbknowledge.com it's all about insurance and technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world i've been your host james benham that's jamesbenham.com co-host rob galbraith end of insurance.com thank you to jim greenley our podcast producer Kara dalton our creative producer and thank you for joining us today we're taking you on a journey through insurance tech so enjoy the ride and geek out see you next time